Hello friends and welcome to the latest edition of the King's Anglia Pod. It is a Monday, it's a happy Monday. Uh, maybe not too happy given the nature of the win at the weekend, but Town did win on Saturday. There's now two wins in a row. I'm your host, ever, Mark Heath, and we're here to break it down today with two of the finest gentlemen you could ever hope to meet. One has a fine beard, the other has no hair on his head. I'm going to introduce Baldy first, Dr. Stuart Watson. How are you? Still bald. You can change that, you know. My my uh, my hairdresser, who's had a, a hair transplant, you'd never know now. He's got a full head affair, just like Mr. Norwood. Uh, I think I've gone beyond that. I think we've discussed this before. That that ship has sailed. I'm I'm quite happy to uh, to own it. I think it suits you anyway, mate. I've got to be honest. You, you're a good-looking man, and it just makes you look hard and kind of steely. Good. I'm, I'm <laughs> none of those things, but that's fine. <laughs> Excellent. And of course, your your partner in crime, uh, and was actually at Portman Road at the weekend, which we'll get on to shortly, producer Ross, Rostradamus, hairy man. How are you? I'm good. Just uh, finally dried off after Saturday. Yeah, I was yeah. very wet. Very wet. <laughs> so we'll talk about the game, obviously, in a minute. But let, let's talk about your experience, Ross, because it's the first time this season they've let you in. Um, obviously, owner of a very, very weak immune system. Any coincidence at all that it, you go back to town game and then we all get locked down from Thursday? I think not. But um, yeah. what was the experience like, mate? I bet it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Soulless. Yeah. Absolute soulless. Um, you know, I've been to Portland Road a thousand times, so it's not like a new new stadium for me to go to. But um, mm. I've done behind closed doors games at Portland Road before, like under 23s and under 18s and stuff. But uh, to see the, the big dogs, you know, Luke Chambers mm. and stuff warming up and stuff, and like no crowd. He actually, um, I don't know if you spot this, Stu, when he like runs out, um, to do the warm up for the first time, he actually still claps like around the you know pitch. Does he? I think it's just, think it's just maybe a superstition thing for him, or just a, a natural thing for him to do. Just claps, probably clapping at the the cutouts properly. Um, I wonder if that's something he does just generally in life. He walks into the supermarket and starts clapping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, um, it, it was it was a very weird experience. Um, They've upped their game, the club, with terms of the music, the warm-up music. Soldier Boy hit, some uh, absolute yeah. bangers hit during yeah. the warm-ups. Um, so that got me going, it got the players going. I was um, watching some of the players dance to some of the music during their warm-ups. Who's got um, the best made, moves? You made, sorry, you made me feel very old, Ross, when you put on Instagram that, that Soldier Boy was a, did you call it an absolute throwback or something? Yeah, yeah. To me, that feels like that was like last year to me. If that's now becoming... <laughs> An example of retro music that that's a concern. Well, that's like that's like 2010, I think. That, that song, something like that. I see Hutchie said they played Jump by Van Halen three times during the uh, yeah. Games. Yeah, <laughs> who's got the best moves, Roscoe? You said they're all dancing. Um, oh, Kane Jackson put a bit of move, Toto as well. Um, yeah, I'll say them too. Jack Lancaster as well. He um yeah. at half time. It, I swear, half time. That's when it really, really pelted it down, um, and I got absolutely wet. And um, I captured Jack Lancaster do a swim. That's right. Yeah, you put it online, didn't you? Yeah, you yeah. Shared it. Yeah, yeah. And I just I absolutely legged it to like the nearest like cover, which is nothing really. Um, and that's where all like the photographers sort of sort of just sat and just waited for the rain to stop. And luckily, it did in in the second half, but. Yeah, it was um, it was a weird experience. Um, it, it made it worse because it rained a lot. 
Yeah. Um, if it was the sunshine, I'd be loving it because I'd be getting a tan on and uh, just enjoying the the sunshine. But and the game was a bit bad, so at least I'm not a bad omen. I was one. I was worrying that I was going to turn up my first game at Portman Road since March, and we'll lose our first game at Portman Road. Yeah. But luckily, I'd also say Halloween would have jinxed it a little bit because we're terrible at playing on Halloween because I don't think we've won many games on Halloween. So, but yeah, strange. There you go. Obviously, as you say, they won, Roscoe. Let's start talking about the game then, shall we? Stuart Watson, if it's town won the second game in a row against kind of um, less illustrious opposition, shall we say. Um, obviously, you beat Gillingham 1-0 in the game that you missed. I should have asked, of course, Stuart, how was your break? How was your holiday? Good of you to cover the games over the weekends, but um, how was the middle bit? It, it was very nice, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was good. How many pasties did you eat down in Cornwall? Uh, two. That's poor. Um, well, two in five days isn't bad going, is it? Cream, it a, cream tea as well. Cream tea as well, yeah. Some some clotted cream and jam on a on a scone, yeah. Delicious. Anyway, um, so Town have won two in a row, Stewie. They beat Crew one nil at the weekend. What, first of all, are your opening observations on the game? Um, I think the man, both the managers have kind of summed it up. Really, that Ipswich have won a game that over the course of the 90 minutes as judging it as a performance they didn't deserve certainly to to win the game i don't think anyone would have argued if crew had won the game but um they found a way to to grind it out one nil clean sheet um and there will be times over the course of a season where you have to claim points that you don't necessarily deserve on on the day and it kind of raises a bigger bigger picture of uh, playing below par and still getting points is that the sign of a good side? They, that's quite often said about teams that go on to win promotions and titles. Or are we back to kind of papering over the cracks territory? And this mm. might be a few little warning signs of of what's to come. Um, I think I'm probably just in the former camp at the moment. I didn't I didn't see the game on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I, I take take positives from the the clean sheet and and uh, the character shown to to get the victory. Mm. What I mean, obviously, um, Town struggled mightily in the first half and, and weren't much better by the sound of it in the second half. What for you was was the was causing that that poor play? Were Crew just better than expected? I mean, I did a bit uh, meet the opposition bit on on Friday, um, and, and although they've obviously only just been promoted, and, and you think Crew sort of side that Town should be turning over relatively easily, they haven't been walked over by anyone this season. They've, you know, they've, they've faced a lot of the top sides. Um, they've actually beaten Doncaster away, and we all know what happened to town at Doncaster. So was it a case of, of crew just being better, and maybe we should give them a lot of the credit, or, or were town really kind of below par? And if so, what were the reasons for that, do you think, Stu? Probably a mixture of both. The first thing I would say is, yeah, credit to crew. They're a decent team. They've, they've won mm. the division last year. That, that sort of positive momentum can never be underestimated. bulk of that team is kind of played together and had that success together. So they, they looked like a team that were on the, the same wavelength, that had a very defined way of playing. And um, they were impressive first half. And sometimes we get a bit sort of blinkered in terms of what, what your own team didn't do. And sometimes you have to hold your hands up and say they, they turned up. And they were. I'm sure there is an element of coming to Portman Road and playing Ipswich, even without fans there, that they want to... Uh, sort of show that they can mix it with, with the likes of Ipswich at, at this level. And, and they played well. They passed and moved it well. I think allied to that, 
Ipswich were were below par. I think the blend in midfield didn't help with mm. sort of Judge and Bishop and ahead of Dazel. That that's a midfield that that is lacking on a bit of tenacity and bite. And I think we've seen that a couple of times already this season. But you know, short on options really at the moment with no downs, no screws to to call upon in in that respect. Um, and I just thought that that meant with Judge kind of goes everywhere looking for the ball. Bishop started dropping deep to try and make things happen. And, and that left a disconnect between the, the front three and and uh, the rest of the team. And you're kind of slipping back into that territory of a, a lone strikers beginning to look um, a little bit isolated. You know, the ball's up to Hawkins. He wasn't able to make it stick. Even when he was winning flick-ons, there wasn't really anyone there to, to pick it up. Um, so that that those two things kind of conspired together to make for a one-sided first half, and and Holy gets Ipswich out of jail twice with with two point-blank saves. They get to half-time at nil-nil, and um, thankfully the second half was marginally better. Hmm. Just just to pick you up on something there, Steve. Obviously, Crew were runners-up in the two last season. Swindon won the title. I think you said they were they were champions, oh. but. <laughs> just, uh, so, just uh, so after the points per game, I, I get muddled up with all of that. It got changed, didn't it? After yeah, that. yeah. But, um, yeah, they, they finished runners up, mate. Swindon won the won the league. Um, Roscoe, you were you were league le- you were league level. You were you were pitch level. Um, what did you see from your 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 perch? Could you see through the rain? What did you make of it all? <laughs> uh yeah, it was very very dull. I thought the one game I come back for, and it's a just a drab. <laughs> goalless game in the first half and I thought oh the second half's not going to be any better really as I think crew I thought crew were going to I wouldn't say nick it but I thought they were going to go and you know score a well deserved goal really because um, mm. they were the better side um, in the first half and they you know they're a very good young team I'm not bringing FIFA again into this but I did a career mode with them last year right. they've got a lot of good young players um and I actually started like following them in real life to see, you know, what they're about. And uh, they've got some good young, you know, young players in there. And um, they play some really good football. Um, I was speaking to Liam, good old Liam from Crew, about, you know, about Crew. And he said, you know, you know, they actually play some good football. Um, mm. But in terms of us, as yeah, Stu said, the midfield, with Judge in there and just, I don't know, just we couldn't, couldn't create much really. And I felt like Hawkins was a bit isolated. Yeah. During the game, he made you know hold up the ball well enough. Um, but Edwards again on on the right, he's the top goal scorer. Why is he not playing on the left? You know that's where he scored all of his goals. I know Sears has been doing okay, but sometimes I feel Lambert is just trying to fit Sears in just to start him. Mm. Um, and what has Keenan Bennett's got to do to start? Because I think he's been very lively when he comes on. Um, mm. Of course, the rain didn't help because it did. Um, it was weird the weather. It was just it changed all the time. It was like torrential rain then it stopped a little bit then it spitted and then mm. just all over the place and it was a bit windy as well mm. um, but yeah Holy pretty much saved us in the first half he made some very good saves um, but um, I can yeah you can hear the players a lot you know you just hear Holy go keep your shape keep your shape mm. you know, Chambers is just his you know vocal self and you hear the Irishmans of Ward and Judge in there Um but yeah, like normally I can hear them, you know, because I'm way on pitch side, but, you know, you normally got the fans interaction, you normally got them, you know, swearing at the ref and, you know, swearing yeah. at players. You know, at one stage, the referee said, um, he was going up to a player saying, I'm the governor here, I'm the governor. I thought, all right, ref, 
<laughs> it's a little bit, it's a little bit okay. Got confidence there, my friend, but um, I think you need to, mate. You need to have confidence to be a ref. Yeah, um, but... Stewie, like like um, Roscoe says there, were you surprised? I mean, obviously we talked about um, selection last week, and I think everyone has said at different times that, that Bennett should maybe be given a chance as a, as a starter. Were you surprised he, he was left on the bench again? Um, I think his time will come, and it's got to come fairly soon. I think the two the two wide men, that's where you're looking for your bit of X factor from in these sort of games. Mm. And I think, I think Guion Edwards is guilty of, I think, because he's got the confidence of the goals behind him at the minute, he was a bit guilty of kind of head down tunnel vision. Every time he got the ball, he had Chambers sort of telling him, go, go, Gui, take them on. And it seemed to be his game plan was just Edwards just just run with it. And he, I don't know if he got his head up and he kind of ran into some dead ends a little bit. Mm. Um, Sears, he's not convinced me for a little while, I have to be honest. In terms of when Freddie Sears gets the ball and he runs at a man, do I ever fully expect him to be able to go past someone, to, to dart past someone with a trick or without an outpace, beat his man one-on-one and then deliver a cross? It's... It's not something that Phil's is there with Freddie Sears. You can't knock the effort, but he's. I always kind of end up describing him as a bit hustle and bustle and back to mm. kind of that left-sided player that he was under Mick McCarthy. Um, so between the two of them on the, the flanks, I didn't really ever sense that there was going to be a threat coming from there. Hawkins a little isolated, as we said. Judge kind of goes wandering everywhere. Bishop was really the only one that I felt could do something you know, dance his way past someone and, and break the lines and create a bit of space. But for a few games now, I've not really sensed that Ipswich have been knocking down the door and had a real threat from from open play, at least, um, which mm. has to be has to be a minor concern. But um, they kept it tight at the back. They scored a goal from a set piece, and sometimes that's uh, that's what has to happen. Yes, give me some positives, boys. Obviously, Hawkins finally got off off the mark. They kept another clean sheet at home there. Uh, it's five games, five wins at home so far, isn't it? So, Roscoe, I know it wasn't the best of games, but other than Holy, who obviously made some some brilliant saves, give, give me some positives, Ross, that we can we can draw on ahead of Sunderland tomorrow. We didn't lose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's good to Hawkins. And, you know, that was a very clever, you know, short corner. Um, at first, I thought Chambers scored because he was, like, celebrating more than Hawkins. I don't know. He must have winded himself. He, he wasn't really celebrating the goal. It was more like holding his ribs and he just had Luke Chambers more celebrating yeah um hopefully yeah many more to come for Hawkins I think he will be he's six foot whatever he is so Mm. he should be up there always in the corners um you know our corners hadn't been that great um but now Dazelle's taken over them and hopefully he will um whip more in or maybe we got them short corners hopefully we're doing in training we're doing them sort of set piece drills Mm. um and yeah, does that? Um, I'm a big fan of Dazelle, and um, I think he had a good game as well. So um, I think it's a different game going to Sunderland than normal because you know normally they've got a packed house at Sunderland, so that'll be an interesting game behind closed doors at the Stadium of Light. So mm. yeah, Shuey, give it, give us some positives. Roscoe said Dazelle. Obviously, the win itself is a positive. How about Caden Jackson? How did he look when he came back? Thought he looked lively when he came on. I thought he gave them definitely a, a different, different dynamic up up front. Um, charged down someone on the blind side and blocked a defender trying to clear the ball immediately when he came on. Um, 
his pace off the last shoulder on, on the counter attack is, is definitely a threat. So um, great to see him him back and looking so lively after his um, his COVID break. Um, Holy is obviously the the big one. I think you kind of his place in the team was was under scrutiny um, after the mistake against Doncaster. I don't think he'd had the most convincing start to the season prior to that. Had got away with a few flaps uh airily for a man his size um and he did that early in this game as well to be honest when when he made the save that kind of hit him um but after that he responded really well and that and the, the saves that he made particularly the one in the first half will, will give him a lot of confidence um i'd also say sort of mcginnis as well mm. i thought mcginnis um considering that's only his second senior game of of men's football um I thought he looked he looked good. He made some uh, he made some really big blocks and, and interceptions. Um, so yeah, the the clean sheet as a whole has to be the uh, the major plus point from the game. Mm. Any other notes from the game before we move on? I want to I want to talk more about how the season's going compared to last season. But have you got anything else to to add either of you about the game before we move on? No, I don't think so. Didn't didn't play particularly well. Found a way to win the game. That's that's the that's the tale of that one, and um, we move on and see uh, see what happens next. Yeah, obviously we'll talk about Sunderland in due course, um, but let's look let's look back now because Town have played ten games now. Um, obviously, second on on goal difference, and ahead of the game at Sunderland tomorrow, which really is a the kind of acid test, the litmus test, if you like, for Town to see how different, if at all, this team are this season to last. And I thought it'd be interesting to look back at town this time last season after 10 games um, and we can have a little talk about where we see differences perhaps and any signs that this team this team might be better so if you look back uh, last season it's it's eerily similar obviously town lost for the first time on the same date exactly the same date this season and um, they lost two in a row then they bounced back by beating two kind of less than stellar teams shall we say um, and then obviously it started to go downhill from there but this time last season I've done my research, boys. Um, after 10 games, same amount of wins, seven. They'd drawn more games last season. They'd drawn three as opposed to one this season. And obviously, they were still unbeaten. They'd scored more goals. They scored 20 goals this time last season compared to 16 uh, this season. And they'd conceded fewer. Um, five goals conceded compared to seven. And they also had two more points, um, 24 compared to 22. And obviously, they were top of the table. So then, Stewie, 10 games gone. It's a good time to kind of evaluate. Um, I've got plenty of thoughts from the Kerry Army. I'm going to I'm going to drop in, but you, you get us going. Um, is this team? Do you feel different, better than last season? I don't know about better. I think that the settled system uh, will will help over the over the long run. I think the reason that the wheels started to fall off or the wobbles began last year is because it then became a case of chopping and changing and momentum was lost. Um, so I'm hopeful that kind of on the days where it's not quite happening for Ipswich, mm. that having that settled way of playing, you can look at it one or two ways. People are now sort of saying that it's gone too far the other way and that there needs to be a, a plan B on the occasions where, where Ipswich it's not happening for them, but for me, just keep sticking with that way of playing. It's it provides a level of um, a level a level of familiarity with with the players that they know what to do when when things aren't happening. You know, you 
you have certain patterns of play and, and they have to stick to that. So that that's what gives me the hope that they can kind of ride out the tougher moments in, in this season. Hmm. Let's take some thoughts from the Kerry Army. We've got lots of them. Dan Rosenblatt says, they're not a better side, but they're set up better. We'll be top six, but I'm not sure if we're good enough to be top two. We need to do better against the more possession-focused sides like Doncaster, MK Don's crew, who will move the ball much quicker. Ian says, great pod, guys. Cheers, Ian. Town aren't flaky as, aren't as flaky as last season, but I'm not convinced we'll finish any higher. We're too predictable with the ball, slow to get forward and no real cutting edge. We need Jackson fighting fit as soon as possible. L. Balaam says, where have the forward passes gone? Since the first Doncaster goal, there seems to be a loss of confidence and all too often the ball is going backwards. We're definitely a better team than at this point last season, but whether we are good enough to go up is a different question. Um, Jay Bolton, better and more balanced side than last season for sure. More concerning that crew with inferior resource completely outplayed Town and Lambert at their own game. There are far better coaches out there. Um, and Sheepy says, Tuesday evening is the big test. Once we get some of our key players back from injury, we've got a great chance of continuing our form. Great pod, boys. The only reason I've decided to get social media is to get involved with the KOA Army chats. Wow, Sheepy, that's very nice indeed. Roscoe, what do you think then, compared this season compared to last? Last season, of course, we, we did the uh, the SWOT analysis when Town were sitting pretty at the top of the table. I think they were still unbeaten, uh, along with Liverpool at the time. Um, and I, I remember you saying they're not scoring enough goals, they're not creating enough chances, and that, that proved to be prophetic. So um, what do you reckon now, 10, 10 games in this season compared to last? What, what are you saying? You know, the start of the season, we were creating more chances and scoring lots of goals. Um, mm. The 2-0 was the, the favourable one. We loved doing that. Yeah. Was, uh, three games in a row, 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, happy days. Um, you know, we beat Blackpool 4-1. Um, winning away games as well, which is good. Um, of course, it's the goals are sort of dried up recently. We're only winning 1-0 now. You know, back-to-back 1-0 wins. Um, I, I, I feel... I'm enjoying watching a bit more. It's a different, you know, experience watching from home. Mm. But um, you know, last season I felt there's just some games were just we're just getting wins. But I think we've been comfortable in some of these games. Um, I, I agree with you know the K Army's been saying about you know a bit slow, a bit sluggish. Definitely from Doncaster mm. game, I think that that has dented our confidence a little bit. Them two back-to-back defeats. Mm. Um, so hopefully, we, you know, with these two wins, hopefully we've got a little bit more confidence there. Um, you know, we've got a, a whole different sort of back four than, say, like last season. You know, we've got two young centre-halves in McGuinness and Wolfie. Is he a youngster anymore? I don't know. He's 21 now, isn't he? So, That's definitely young. Yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah OK. Yeah. I know what you mean. He's, he's, he's kind of experienced, though. He's, he's got yeah, more experience. He's not experienced youngster. Not yeah, yeah. Um, you know, ain't got Luke Garbutt scoring free kicks, um, and you know J- James Norwood and Kane Jackson's not firing us the goals this year. One thing I wanted us to do is uh, all the team to score, our midfield to score, and Teddy Bishop is having one hell of a start to his season. Mm. Guion is just doing Guion stuff at the moment. Of course, I know he's a bit of a, he's on a goal drought at the moment. But yeah, he'll, be goal back. Drought, yeah. he'll be back. He'll be yeah. back soon. Um, but yeah, definitely better than last season, but still very. You know, not getting too carried away because uh, it's just that fe- that feeling, isn't it? This, this yeah. time last season, it was it was obviously the HMS Pistol League. Everything yeah. was fine. Town were going to storm it and uh, and go up. Uh, and now, even though again they've started well, and y- there's a lot more signs that, that they are a better team this season, um, you still kind of feel like oh, it's all going to go tits up again, don't you? You've got that kind of nagging feeling. Um, I, I think our, one of our, our columnists, Terry Hunt, the, the North Stander, wrote today that he, he can't shake this half 
this glass half empty sort of feeling, um, which obviously a result of Sunderland would go a big way towards alleviating. Let me take a few more thoughts from the, the KOA army. Um, FPL Tractor says, we're better, but I expect to slip up now the fixtures get tougher. Um, Dave Gort says, I think it's a mental thing. We've had a good start, a settled formation style so far. We're seeing signs of stuttering performances in last season's style. Can they find the mental strength to turn it around to beat a top team in this league? Um, Andrew says, I'm not convinced yet. A win on Tuesday will change that. Show we can beat the teams in and around the top. And we'll show us fans that we've improved. Um, let's take a few more. Matt Thomas, friend of the show, says, same style. Game on game is better. It's easier for small rotation. But sometimes plan B is needed. We were outclassed by an impressive crew. And we luck to win. We have to go up this season. We haven't time for another false dawn. Contract endings and wage cap. Would kill us. Harvey Davis, another friend of the show, the Sweet Welsh Prince, says we massively rode our luck at times and that can only go on for so long. Hopefully Hawkins can kick on and having Jackson as an option from the bench is a big plus too. And just one more, ITFC, big John Watson, leader of the Northern Battalion Coe Army. I feel we're a better team in terms of steady formation, more consistent team selection and we're doing pretty well without being spectacular. We're seeing glimpses of being far more clinical and much better play. I'm still not convinced the next game the next six games will show more Stu we've talked about it a couple of times but um, I thought it was interesting something you put in your, your Stu says 6am every Sunday make sure you read it um, again about lack of fans because obviously that's one big difference from last season um, and again you suggested after the, after the first half against crew if fans were in there you may you may have started getting the murmurs of discontent and you know we should be beating sides like this that kind of approach Um <laughs> It's, it sounds strange to say, but given obviously fans aren't going to be back for a, a much while longer yet, is that actually kind of a plus point, do you think, at, the, at this stage of the season for town, that they haven't got that kind of pressure? I think so. I don't think it's a coincidence that they've won all five home games and kept clean sheets in, in all of them mm. so far. You look at home form was was one of It didn't happen for Ipswich last year and... Paul Lambert kept talking about teams coming to Portman Road and raising their game and target on the backs. And I guess you could say, um, we've already said that crew crew did come come to Portman Road and do that, regardless of fans not being there. But I think it helps Ipswich in terms of you get midway through a first half that's not going particularly well against a team that you are expected to win. And that the first sort of murmurs and moans and groans slip in over a, a a pass or two that went out of touch. I think I can picture a moment in the first half where Alan Judge kind of played it behind Stephen Ward down the left because he was expecting a run and the run didn't come. The ball went straight into touch and I thought that is the exact moment where the whole crowd would have gone, oh, and there would have been a murmur and a a collective sigh. and, And that does transmit to the players. That then creates a sort of an extra nervousness on the pitch and, probably then creates an extra confidence in the opposition. And, and though, you know, that's where you get the subtle little momentum shifts in games. And football is as much about between the ears as it is ability on the pitch. And a lot of the, the listener comments you read out there talked about sort of this being a mental challenge now, a psychological block for Ipswich. And the similarities between last season, as you said, are, are eerie in terms of the way it's panning out so far. And, um, mm. I do think that this is, is as much mental about how Ipswich can deal with things mentally as, as the ability within, within the squad in these, in these games going forwards. Hmm. And obviously, tomorrow is a massive game. We'll talk about that in due course. But like Roscoe says, not having fans at the Stadium of Light 
again, it's going to be a plus, isn't it? Because Sunderland is a, is a tough place to go. They're incredibly passionate about football there. Um, I think that's, that'll, that'll help town in a way, Roscoe, tomorrow. Um, uh, Stu's got something to say. Stu, Sorry, Stu. Sorry, no, I was, I was just going to say, I'm not, I'm not sure away from home because you can look at it that you can you can turn a home crowd against against their team and create mm. all those those nerves that I just, just spoke about there. Um, and I, I think Ipswich walking out at a big stadium like Sunderland, uh, at Stadium of Light can can kind of raise your your game a little bit as well. So I, I think the advantage comes at home, um, strangely, mm. for Ipswich more than it does away at the moment. Rossi, anything else to add? Because obviously we've got the highlight of any pod coming up next. It's the strike. What do you reckon? Shall we get straight into the strike? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike. Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth. Hi right, boys, let's get right into it. I think this is Stu's first strike for a while. He's been a been away. It's been it's been just you and Hutch been the last few weeks. You wouldn't have heard it, Stu, but last week's strike was an absolute shambales. Started with uh, with Ross coughing all over the intro, then having to go and answer his door, uh, <laughs> and then yeah, I can't remember. I think we ended up deciding it by the flavour of breakfast bar that he was eating at the time, yeah. um, which he then got wrong. <laughs> It was an absolute shambales. Ross, I'm hoping this week is going to be better. So get on with it. Yes, so blast from the past. Jay McEverly turns 35 <laughs> today. Jay, Jay McEverly? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay yeah. McEverly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or James, his full name's James. But yeah. on Wikipedia it says Jay. So yeah. we're going with it. But yeah, um, he made 19 appearances and scored one goal for the Blues on loan from Blackpool. No, Blackburn, sorry. I don't know where Blackboard's coming from. Um, in the 2005-06 season, um, that one goal, who did he score it against? It was a 3-1 home win. Was it Plymouth, Brighton or Luton Town? Uh, I'm going to say it was against uh, Brighton. Okay. Plymouth. It was Plymouth. Shit. I wanted to say Plymouth. I should have said Plymouth. Yeah. I was actually at that game. So Young Roscoe. Yeah, very young. I was only I think I was two thousand six yeah, I was ten years old. Alright. So, Alright, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well this man for town flashback. He's definitely not ten years old. He's thirty four today and it's Connor Salmon. Yeah. Celebrates his birthday this week. Now he's still playing, still kicking the ball about. Still scoring one goal in 20 appearances, just like he did for town. <laughs> Prolific. Um, yeah. Yeah. So now, which Scottish club is he currently at? Is it Motherwell, Falkirk, or Kilmarnock? Uh, Kilmarnock. Okay. Um, Motherwell. You're both wrong. It's Falkirk. Oh, I feel like a proper mug. I just like to say I can't believe that Connor Connor Salmon is younger than Jay McEverly. Connor Salmon's one of those people who looks like he's been forty-five <laughs> forever. Yeah, pretty anyway. much. Anyway. Yeah. One nil Stu. Is this is this the last question? Yeah, but we have got a tiebreaker just in case you do get 
Come on, come on, get back in it, come on. So, numbers game. How many times have Town won at Sunderland in 26 games? You go first, give me a chance. In 26 games, Ipswich have won eight times. I think they've won seven times. It's seven, bang on. Yes, come on. And there we go. There's a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker time. Please don't be the flavour of biscuit you're eating. (laughs) No, it's about Ollie Hawkins. Good. So, uh, so yeah, he'll be facing his former club, Portsmouth, in the FA. Mm-hmm. What a boring tie that's going to be. Oh, Jesus. We could have got Molden and Tiptree or Kings Lynn, but we get Portsmouth. I know. Yeah. yeah. How many goals did he score for Pompey in 96 games? Uh, I don't think he was pro- particularly prolific. Mm. Um, so in 96 games, I think he got 15 goals. Okay. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to say 16. <laughs> it's 18. Oh, Dear, oh dear. Stu makes his return with a win. And his prize... Is yes. the cherry... Cherry uh, breakfast bar that I had last week. <laughs> Regurgitators. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ross actually, um, as I say, managed to get the flavour of it wrong. Despite the fact he's looking at the packet as he asked the question, he got the wrong flavour. No, so on, we... on, on the packet, it doesn't say the flavour. I had to go and get the box. Ah, okay. All right. Cherry. So. And we just yeah. bailed out, Stu. There was no winner from last week's strike. <laughs> Every, everyone was a loser. <laughs> yeah, that should be the catchphrase of the strike, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, um, we get Barry to come in the room. He um, played for Chelsea on the weekend, so he's just uh, getting himself you know, relaxed from that. So, yeah. Barry, take it away, my friend. Hi, guys. Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. Cheers, Baz. I'm gonna pay your royalties for that soon. He's a top lad, isn't he? Yeah. So he's playing now, and he's still got time to come and outro the strike. Top lad, Barry Cotter. Well, then, boys, Sunderland. Let's talk more in depth about Sunderland. It's a huge game. It, I mean, obviously, we, in football, hyperbole is is uh, is a massive thing, um, but this really is a big game. You get the feeling this could be one of the, the key games for town this season. If they can get some sort of result, it would be that mental hurdle perhaps overcome, and maybe. We'd have liftoff. Stewie, Sunderland, what, what are your first thoughts on this game? What would you do with the size? You alluded earlier to kind of lightweight, very very flare-packed midfield, but a bit lightweight perhaps. Is there anything that, that Town can do to change that at Sunderland? They're going to need a bit of bite at Sunderland, aren't they? Yeah, but there's, there's not huge options to do that. And when you talked about the difference between last season and this, mm. is that I think the main the main difference is that the injuries were still to come for Ipswich at this time last year. Norwood, KVY, those injuries didn't happen till beyond this point, where hopefully the difference this year is that Ipswich are in their kind of injury moment now and that there are key players to return. But mm-hmm. in terms of freshening it up, my concerns are that Dazelle is playing every minute of every game at the moment and there will come a point where 
perhaps his performances start to dip. I think we've seen a little bit of that so far without it being dramatic, but there's no sort of obvious option for change with, with him. Bishop, they've got to be very careful with. As I say, I thought he was their biggest creative spark on, on Saturday. Can he keep going Saturday, Tuesday, given given his injury pass? They've already sort of rested him on the odd occasion so far this season. So there's not massive options for change in central midfield. Emmy Hughes is the only one, and I think there's a, probably a good chance that, that he will come in for, for a second game in quick succession. But I wouldn't necessarily call Emmy Hughes a midfield enforcer, just despite the fact that he's obviously sort of bigger physically. Mm. Um, further forward, we talked about how Jackson did well when he came off the bench. I can't imagine that he'll start. Um, and then you you could freshen up the wide areas with, with Bennett's and Lancaster, are obviously the two options there. So um, I think it will be a sort of a two, two or three at max kind of freshen up job rather than Wholesale changes. Roscoe, what would you do? Um, I agree with Stu, to be fair. There's not much really I'll change, really. Um, as I said, Hughes is not really an enforcer, is he? He's, he's, he's taller than maybe the rest of those players, but he's not that strong, really, is he? Um, going mm. forward, I think he, he does add things sometimes, I think, going forward. Um, but he's had a bit of a... I don't know, he's not had the greatest start to the season. It's just good that he's still fit and he's playing games, which is good to see. Um, but yeah, there's not really much old change, really. I don't really know much about Sunderland's sort of their system. I don't know what they sort of play. Um, hopefully, you know, Lambert and Co will know about that, so they know better than me. <laughs> you hope, you'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I'll probably keep the same. Um, yeah, Jackson, maybe too early for him to start. But as Stu said, I thought he was very lively when he came on, came off the bench against Crew. So mm. maybe give him maybe some more minutes, maybe against Sunderland if we're you know, not finding that goal yet. Maybe go with two up front, possibly. Because I don't, I don't really like. I don't think Jackson's very good on in on himself by himself. Definitely against a, a side like Sunderland, I think he will be very isolated if, if he's by himself. So maybe we could see a Hawkins and Jackson little partnership in the second half, possibly. Mm. I'd like to see that at some point. Yeah. That that would be a, a real sort of throwback to the, a big man and a quick man playing <laughs> off of him at some point. I know we talked about how we really want the system to to stay the same and there needs to be some consistency this year, but that is probably their plan B option at the moment, Ipswich. Um, not necessarily from the start, but as you say, Jackson alongside Hawkins in a in a more of a four four two would be um would be interesting to see at some point. But, I mean, you, you talked about what Sunderland do. They're very much a back three team, whether it's a kind of a 3-4-3 three, three, or um, more of a 3-4-3-5-2. Three, three, uh, three, sorry, uh, but it's, it's a back three. It's, it's wing backs, essentially. So um, how Ipswich do against that will, will be interesting with, with their system. But my, my fear is that the Sunderland squad looks more able to cope with this fixture schedule at the moment you look at their sort of they've got a front four options of O'Brien, Danny Graham, Wyke, Will Griggs not played a great deal of football so immediately they've got those four all fit compared to we've just talked about Ipswich's kind of lack of options up front being you know is a semi-fit Caden Jackson ready to come back in midfield Gooch, Ledbitter, Scohan, Dobson, Power, 
so that they can they can comfortably make a couple of changes in central midfield. Whereas with Ipswich, we've just been saying you're kind of scratching around for for options there. So for what will be another quick fire game and a long journey, that that's my concern heading into this game that Ipswich have, uh, that Sunderland have kind of got the, the greater resources to be able to to deal mm. with this game. And you spoke to Stephen Ward this morning, didn't you, Stu? How's he feeling about the game? Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, he said he'd been watching the, the Sunderland documentary during lockdown, as, like everybody else. He's, um, um, Aidan McGeady is uh, one of his good friends from the island setup, who was obviously sort of heavily involved in that documentary. So, just just said all, all the things that you'd expect him to say. Really, that yes, it's you know, it's it's a it's a big game, and when it's uh, Ipswich versus Sunderland in League One, and bit of an, uh, an acid test for the team but hmm. ultimately it comes back to the old cliches of every, every game's a big game and the prize is always the same at the end of it of, of three points and um and that was that really but you know he, he just sort of praised the character of the, of the team really in much the same that we said you know accepted that they weren't at their best on Saturday but found found a way to win the game and that you know throughout the course of a season you're not always going to be able to impose your own style on other teams and on those sort of days, you, you find a different way to win. They they did that Saturday, but um, being able to do it against Crew, as opposed to playing against one of the bigger sides that will, you won't imagine, take some of those chances that Crew weren't able to take. Um, that's the difference between the top sides that they are more ruthless and and more clinical. So, um, looking forward to it. Looking forward to this one. Mm. Just take a few more thoughts from the Kerry Army. Trevor Wallace says it's a big test. Personally, I'd give Hughes a run instead of Judge. Edwards on the left for Sears. Bennett's or Lancaster on the right. Hawkins with Jackson replacing him at circa 70 minutes would be my choice. Keep the back four the same if they're all fit. Uh, Christian Davis says Tuesday's game is a huge test for this team, but traces, traits excuse me, of last season are starting to resurface. Harry Butcher, friend of the show, man with the arrows, says Tuesday is massive in shouty capitals. I think we all agree with that. Um, Sindre Leisner, our Viking friend, will get murdered by better teams with that midfield. Downs is the missing piece in the jigsaw. Coventry away last season. He and Dizel played together in a 4-2-3-1 with Nolan advanced. Replace him with Judgy or Bish. And we've got a team there. Um, Nigel G, still struggling to make the opposition keeper work. Often slow counter-attacking and not creating enough clear chances. Why do other teams seem to be much quicker when attacking us? There's more direct passing and the ball is in the danger area. Uh, a couple more. Joe Fairs, we're a better team than we were last year, but that is a team that were averaging one point per game for 25 games or so. Are we good enough for the top six? Ask again in a couple of weeks. I should, of course, say that both Joe and Nigel are friends of the show. Joe is La Decima, whereas Nigel G is NHS hero. Hashtag thank you for your service. And finally, Skylard, everything falls apart on a long enough timeline. We're playing badly and winning. By that logic, we are marginally better side. So maybe it's better to ask if we are just underachieving less this season than last season. Um, should mention, obviously, I've said that, that Sunderland won't have fans uh, in the stands and they won't, but there will be Sunderland fans in the stadium, bizarrely. Um, they're doing this thing where, like a lot of teams are doing, Norwich included, where um, they're screening the game, but only in suites where you can't see the pitch. Um, so the, the game is going on literally just the other side of a wall, uh, but you can't look at it. You've got to watch it in a, an enclosed suite. Um, which seems bizarre to me, but there you go. Uh, and I think Town are looking at doing something similar, aren't they, Stu? They're looking into it. It's by no means a definite, but, um, you know, obviously they're, uh, all clubs are looking at ways that they can kind of maximise their 
their income in these difficult times. It does seem crazy that you can sit indoors um, with the blinds down, um, watching it on a telly in a confined space and not be yeah. set out outside, um, spaced out nicely. And I guess the government's argument there is it's more about how people get to the games and how they might mingle outside the stadium. But surely they can come up with sort of staggered entry times and ways ways around that, I, I would imagine the... Um, but um, yeah, there we there we go. Um, can I? I've just I just wrote down a line that I heard in one of your KOA readouts just then. One of the one of them was everything yeah. falls apart on a long enough timeline. That's like that, that's dark, isn't it? Like, that makes me want to just sit and stare at stare at the corner of of the room. And given the current circumstances, what well, what's the point in anything? It's all going to fall apart yeah. anyway. <laughs> that's very nihilistic isn't it yeah um, everything everything dies eventually etc exactly yeah <laughs> what is the point um right then it's, it's prediction it's predictions time boys um rostradamus i'm going to start with you um what are you saying town at sunderland tomorrow what do you think the score is going to be Ooh. i'll take a point before the game kicks off uh on the go. Oh, I mean, a draw would be a great result. Yeah. Uh, we, we haven't drawn yet this season, have we? It's been a defeat or a, or a win, isn't it? No, they, they drew with MK Dons, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. My bad. I should have known that. I want to go with a draw this time as well. I want to go 1 1. Oh, no. Actually, I'm going to go Desmond. 2 2. Why not? Oh, 2 2. What a game that would be. Yeah. Stewie, a point. Am I right in saying a point would be a tremendous result or am I being too too uh, pessimistic there? I think it's good. Obviously, a good result. Um, every point's a prisoner, and I wouldn't bother getting on the coach now if you offered <laughs> me a point. <laughs> Words of Mr. McCarthy ringing in our ears. Um, yeah. it's, it's a tough game. Um, but Sunderland, I know they've only lost one league game so far, but. Um, They'll be feeling the same pressures as, as Ipswich this season. Um, they left it late to, to get a win at Gillingham at the weekend. They drew two all with, with Rochdale in the game before that. So it's it's not an impossible task for, for Ipswich by any stretch. And um, I think they I think they can get a draw. Yeah, I'll go for a 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. There you go then. So both boys going for a draw. Ross 2-2, two, two, Desmond and Stewie 1-1. One, one. Let's hope. They do get a point because that would be a tremendous result and hopefully if they can get a point there. It might be lift off for the rest of the season. Um, we should also mention, of course, you just you just mentioned to the ghost of uh, Christmas past there, Stewie, Mick McCarthy. Ross, what's the name of the Cypriot side that Mick McCarthy is now the manager of? Uh, I actually don't know. Oh, <laughs> that's a shame. Uh... I wanted to get a classic Ross pronunciation. Um, but yeah, uh, Big Mick is back in football, Stewie. Um, at Apple Nicosia. In, in Cyprus, which I don't think anyone would have predicted. But uh... good for him. I love the idea of Mick just saying to to his wife, uh, "Come on, then, let's let's go over to Cyprus until all, until all this blows over." It's a bit like going to the Winchester, yeah. and just waiting waiting for COVID to all blow over. Let's go over to Cyprus, get a bit of sun on our backs during the winter. Yeah, um, this can't harm his CV in any way because you can come back from a place like Cyprus and just go, "Oh, the the owners were mental and." Yeah. The standards rubbish, and uh, yeah, as much as I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him return to English football, which I'm sure he will at some point. Um, by the way, um, 
I don't begrudge Mick get having a little little spell out in Cyprus for a few months. You can see him absolutely loving it on the beach, can't you? Just just lying there with a big grin on his face. Nice. He'll, he'll come back looking very bronzed and leathery. Indeed. <laughs> now then, Roscoe, we should also mention the ladies, of course, who played over the weekend, and they beat old rivals Norwich. Was it the FA Cup game, wasn't it? Yes. What was the score? Who scored? Uh, it was 3-1. Eloise King opened the scoring, then Sophie Pescott made it 2-0, and then Paige Peak with another free kick. She loves scoring free kicks. She's a defender, a centre-half, and she's... Honestly, these free kicks are just... They're better than Luke Garbutt's, I'll tell you that now. What? Uh, it's Matt Kip- yeah, they are. Honestly, you, there's a, you could do a highlight reel of all of her free kicks she's scored. It's wow. Just, um, and then, yeah, Norwich equal, um, equalised. They got a goal back in the second half, but... Uh, yeah, this game was very flat. It wasn't that great. Um, it was a very windy game. Very windy. Um, luckily, it didn't rain, though, so I didn't get wet for two, ga- two games in a row, which is uh, is good. Yeah, otherwise you'd definitely have the sniffles today. Yes. Um, who have the ladies got in the next round of the FA Cup? And what, what round is it? Is it the first round proper now? Yeah, first round proper. Uh, the draw is happening today, and okay. the thing is very much up in the air with the lockdown and all that. So, yeah. no, yeah, it's not been confirmed if they can continue, but we'll wait and see, really. Yeah, wait and see on that. Obviously, uh, a lot of, uh, it looks like a lot of the non-league in Suffolk is going to have to stop. And I guess the ladies would be under that umbrella, wouldn't they? Being yeah. not, not classed as elite, I would imagine. Um, so, we'll have to see what happens with that. Obviously, Bojo going to make more of a statement today. We shall see. Um, all locked down, of course, from Thursday. My gym's closing, boys. That's terrible news. Um, we should also mention before we go, boys, the Wembley 2000 documentary, which, which went out, premiered last Wednesday, 7 o'clock. And has had a tremendous response. I think we're currently uh, 11,000, 12,000 views and counting. Um, if you haven't watched that yet, please do go and watch it because I genuinely think it's the best Ipswich Town related film there's ever been, if you discount Escape to Victory, obviously. Um, what uh, Have you boys watched it? I'm, I've got a couple of days off later this week and I'm going to sit and watch it in its entirety on a proper TV because I feel it needs to be watched on a proper TV. Stu, have you, have you sat down and watched it? I'm the same as you. I haven't, I haven't been able to kind of give it my full attention. I've watched a lot of it during its production process because I was um, mm. privileged enough to obviously have Andy kind of telling me about the, you know, the bits and pieces that were falling into place, and he was showing me little clips. Um, for those that haven't seen it, I'd seen the Marcus Stewart clip at the end, which is uh, quite emotional, which has got people going. Um, it's it's the best piece of Andy's not here, so we can I can blow plenty of smoke up his backside because I know he'd, he'd feel uncomfortable hearing the praise while he's here. But it's it's the best piece of content that we've produced um, for many a year, and it's uh, I'm really pleased that people have uh, enjoyed it because um, because Andy's put a lot of uh, a lot of effort into that over the last year or so in difficult circumstances as well. So I'm pleased it all came together. And uh, I'm really pleased everyone's loving it because it's uh, it's really quality. It is indeed. Go and watch that if you haven't. Uh, we've had so many nice messages from people, ex-players as well, saying it it brought a tear to their eye, um, fans and players alike. Um, boys, anything else to mention before we take our leave and get on with the day? Start looking ahead to Sunderland? Uh, no. No other business. <laughs> Are you sure? You don't sound sure. No other business. <laughs> no other business from Stu Roscoe. Anything to mention? Nah, all done. Thank you for listening.
Roscoe out. All that leaves us to say then is just make sure you subscribe on our various on your various podcast providers. Leave us a five star review on iTunes because it helps us a lot in the visibility in the charts. And also um, follow us on all our social medias: YouTube, which is where you can see that film, um, Kings of Anger on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Ipswich Town have won two games in a row. Tomorrow we get to find out though if this side really is a side that we can get behind and really push towards promotion this season, or is it all going to go tits up like it did last season? We're going to find out hopefully more tomorrow. Enjoy the game if you're watching it. Let's hope that town at least get a draw and a win. Wow. How good would that be? That'd be tremendous. Have a great Monday. Have a great Tuesday until the game. And we'll speak to you again later this week. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Thank you.